appreciate those amens out there. That was a great song, wasn't it? We need Jesus every hour. There's not a moment when we do not need him. And uh, good thing he's always there for us, right? He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And so we can have assurance that he is there for us. And that's that bodes well for our message today. Um, our message today is to dwell on the things that are good. To dwell on the things that are good. Because I don't know if you know it or not, but there's some anxiety in our country. <laughs> really? <laughs> there's a little bit of anxiety in our country. So I thought, why not talk about what the Bible has to say about anxiety and kind of get it out there and what we can do to feel better um, and to lead less anxious lives. And so we're going to be looking at a couple scriptures in a couple different places. First of all, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 19. And then if you can find that and put your finger in Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 6 and 8 as well. So Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 34, and Philippians 4, 6 through 8. And so these, these verses deal with uh, anxiety and worry and uh, how we're out to deal with those. Anxiety and worry, uh, I kind of con contrast them as different than being concerned. Cons having a concern about something is good. Paul... Uh, the Apostle Paul had a concern for this ch the churches, but I don't think he actually veered off to the place of having anxiety for the churches. Anxiety or worry is something that almost becomes an obsession with us. It's something that we can't let go of. It's something that occupies our mind all the time. Uh, I looked up the definition of what it was to be anxious. Let's see if I can find it. It's not too hard for us to understand what it is because we deal with it all the time, but it's a state of mind wherein one is concerned about something or someone. This state of mind may range from genuine concern, as Paul had for the churches, to obsessions that originate from a distorted perspective of life. So what we want to talk about is anxiety that is a, a concern that goes greater than just a concern, but is something that affects our life uh, it, it comes from places of stress. It sometimes it's based upon a new situation. Sometimes anxiety could be as simple as me saying, Nick, would you come up here and help, and help me? And, and Nick says, oh, i got to go up on stage, you know, and all of a sudden your heart starts to pitter-patter. You don't have to come up, Nick. I was just using that for an example. But, uh, and it could be different for different people. You know, some people come up on the stage, yeah, yeah, I'd love to be up on the stage. But then other people... It may cause some anxiety about. But generally, things that have unknown outcomes, new situations, uh, sometimes uh, involuntarily you can have issues with anxiety. Uh, some anxiety can be caused and, root and traced back to physical problems as well. So if you are experiencing some type of anxiety, you know the first thing you might want to do is go to a doctor and, and be checked out. But uh, when I think of anxiety, I think of myself personally, someone who has anxiety from time to time, as feeling nervous, feeling a little bit jittery. It's difficult for me sometimes to concentrate when I'm anxious. Uh, sometimes with some people, anxiety kind of paralyzes you. 
you know, it's, it's better just to go into your room, maybe turn on the computer, or maybe even just sit on the bed or try to get some sleep to avoid being anxious about whatever is upsetting you. Sometimes being anxiety, being anxious can cause us to be irritable or de de depressed. And I know Darla probably knows very well when I'm anxious a little bit because I get irritable sometimes with her. And usually, typically, a person who is anxious doesn't have much of a prayer life, is not taking those things to the Lord. It's a cause for us maybe sometimes to be timid rather than bold in our faith. And uh, we, we think that sometimes it's debilitating, and I think it can be debilitating. And we think sometimes it's something that maybe we're born with and we can't do anything about. But actually, if you think about it, anxiety is really just a, a way of trying to grab back power from God, not giving it over to Him, not giving that situation over to Him. In that sense, anxiety is rooted in what all sin is rooted in, that's pride. And we feel like, well, I can handle this by myself. And we can't really handle it by myself, and so we become anxious about it. And so today's lesson is a very simple lesson. It's that anxiety will fade away as we trust God and focus on seeking His kingdom and His righteousness, and if we do that first. You know, it's really easy in our world today to be anxious about a whole list of things. I, and if I read this whole list... And when I read this whole list, you'll start to feel anxious. But we have things like the coronavirus. We have civil unrest. We have a godless culture. We have a worldly church. We have trouble with our economy. And people have lost their jobs. They're wondering where their next you know, bite of food is going to come from or whether they have shelter. We have Supreme Court decisions handed down that make no sense at all based upon our Constitution. And so we have all of these things, and, and our question today is, how do we identify these things? How do we deal with them so that this anxiety, this obsession about these matters fades away, uh, and we begin to trust God right, right once again? And so let's go ahead and read this scripture, and hopefully you've had a chance to find it. Let's go ahead and stand as we read God's Word, and uh, it's we're going to be reading in those two different places, so if you... Uh, can't stand the whole time, that is fine as well. But uh, let's look at verse uh, 19 I said we were going to start on. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not, is not life more, food, more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then over in Philippians, verses 4, 6 through 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to look at this scripture, and it's it's a long section of scripture, but it's one I think that is very familiar to us. And yet, so many times we let anxious feelings control our lives and dictate our lives. And really, we should be seeking after first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And we pray that you would help us understand and to do this. Your command in Philippians to have no anxiety about anything is a it seems like an almost impossible command for us to follow. And yet, you have given us our commands to obey, and you have given us the Holy Spirit to be able to be obedient to them. And so, we desperately need your help and your power today to live out these commands so that, ultimately, you can be first in our lives, and you can have all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so the lesson for us today is, is just a very simple one, is that our anxiety will fade away as we place our trust in God and focus on his kingdom and his righteousness first. And this is the essence of the 33rd verse of chapter 6, is that we seek after God, we seek his, uh, we seek his kingdom first, we seek his righteousness first, and after all, this is what we want. <laughs> this is what we want to possess. We do not want to possess material things in abundance, but we want to be children of the king. We want to seek God's kingdom. It's the king who is our great reward, and so it is him who we should be focusing on and the people of the king. So we have two great things. If we want to be concerned about something, we should be concerned about our relationship with the Father, but then also many, many people coming to know Jesus Christ because these are the things that are eternal. Uh, the writer, uh, Jesus, when he is writing this and, and asking, uh, recording this, he is so 
concerned that we be concerned about other people and about our relationship with God and to put that first above all other things. And so we should be concerned about the king, that he is a king over all, that he should receive glory and honor over all things. And we should be concerned that the people of the king come to know him and know about his righteousness. We are to know the kingdom and we are to know God's righteousness. It's a righteousness that exceeds that of the Pharisees. It's a righteousness that we must possess. We must possess righteousness in order to enter the kingdom of God. Amen? It's not a righteousness that comes from us. It's what Martin Luther referred to as an alien righteousness. It comes from outside of us. It comes from the perfect one who lived, Jesus Christ. And so when we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ by faith, he gives us his righteousness, and we are perfectly righteous before God. And so in one sense, the Bible very clearly says that all Christians are perfectly righteous. That is their standing before God. So say Christ were to come back right now, and we are believers in Jesus Christ, and he were to look at us, he would see us as being perfect. And yet, also the Bible speaks that we are to seek after righteousness. And what God has given us internally needs to become fact outwardly. And so we need to act righteous as well. And so the whole point of this is that our focus needs to be on the right thing. It shouldn't be on the things of this world. Of course, we have to be concerned about, you know, the everyday things that we that go on during our day, our jobs, but primarily our focus should be on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now there's a couple ways in our scripture here how we should not deal with anxiety. And if you look at verse 19, it says, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break and steal. He says, Rather you should lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. And the idea is that material things on this earth come with a lot of baggage, right? <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? If we buy, if we, if we are focusing on accumulating more and more wealth, more and more things, and I would say even more and more experiences, because there are, there are more and more people not talking about accumulating things, but accumulating experiences like uh, bungee jumping or or backpacking, you know, trails in the Grand Canyon or something like that. They're living for the experiences. But uh, that should not be our focus. We, our focus should not be the material things or experiences or wealth, but our uh, focus should be on God and building up uh, a treasure in heaven. Now, some might ask, well, how do I build up treasure in heaven? Good question, right? Jesus says we can build up treasure in heaven if we, if we don't uh, invest our lives in things that will eventually rust away and we store things up in heaven. Uh, so how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, we, we invest in things that are eternal, right? We invest in what we know is eternal. That's the word of God. That's people and so our focus should be always be on people and not material things. Uh, and so 
I think that makes a big difference if we, if we do that little switch in our mind where we turn from things of the world to the things of eternity. Uh, wealth has never really gained anybody very much of anything. There were many people who were wealthy in the Bible, Abraham, David, Solomon. We understand what happened to Solomon and his great wealth. He was also given great wisdom, but he didn't always use that because he was tempted by his great wealth, and not only wealth, but people in the forms of many, many wives. And so the problem is not necessarily money or wealth itself, but it's the love of money is the problem. And like I said, material things can bring a lot of, of garbage. Uh, I've had the opportunity to at least know two people who have won the lottery, and one of them was a Christian, and actually, and I've mentioned this before, but uh, she actually managed her money very well, but the other one did not manage his money well, and I believe he won eight or ten million dollars or something like that, but within a matter of just a few years, it was gambled away trying to get more and more money, and so it's it's sad that when we go after those things, that they don't satisfy us, uh, wealth often like I said, brings a lot of garbage. It brings, how do I manage my money? How do I keep my money? And so it's not something that we should seek after, but we should seek after the kingdom of God. Money will not last. It's not going to help us in the life to come. It will not bring us joy or happiness. Uh, money and material things will steal your heart away from God. Right? Too much money or the love of money will steal your heart away from God. It will occupy your time and the management of it takes so much time. And it's very clear in the scripture, uh, Jesus says that you cannot serve two masters. Money and material things can become your master. You can buy things just to comfort your anxiety. Have you ever heard of someone doing that? We've probably all done it, right? <laughs> you feel anxious about something, let's go shopping. And then you end up buying something that you probably don't need and probably uh, doesn't satisfy you for very long uh, and, and ultimately just increases your anxiety. And so we don't deal with anxiety by buying and purchasing more stuff. The second way we don't deal with it, I think we see in verse 27. Verse 27 says, uh, And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour or span to his life? Uh, we don't deal with anxiety by trusting in ourselves. Uh, we can't do anything about our life. We can't add to our life. Uh, we can only follow God and do what he has asked us to do. Uh, don't let the concerns of this life keep you from pursuing God's kingdom and his righteousness. Life is more than clothes and food. This is very clear in the scripture. Uh, when we are free from anxiety, we are free to pursue God's kingdom with all of our heart. And that's what anxiety is. It's a division in our heart from trusting God fully or trusting in ourselves. When we trust in ourselves, we know that we're weak. We know that we're unable to do what we're supposed to do and we feel anxiety. When we trust in God, we find that there is peace. And so when difficulties come, don't fall back. Trust yourself. Push forward by faith, trusting in the God who will provide. And so we must have the right perspective on life. He has this kind of uh, strange uh, 
saying, starting in verse 21, he starts talking about the eye of the lamp. He says, for where your treasure is, there is your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so is your eye healthy. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And this can be a little bit confusing trying to figure out exactly what he's talking about here, but what I believe he's talking about is two different perspectives on life. The bad or the evil eye is the one that looks at things from a worldly uh, perspective. And the worldly perspective is kind of grab all the gusto I can, live life to the fullest now because there's nothing afterwards. There's nothing you can look forward to after you die. So let's grab all the gusto we can. Let's do all the experiences that we can. And uh, it just does not lead to things that are eternal and ultimately will only bring grief and anxiety into our life. The good eye, on the other hand, or the lamp, is one that looks at things from an eternal, heavenly, God-centered perspective. The, the proper perspective causes us not to seek temporary happiness, and we understand that God is our greatest treasure. Amen. I'm glad someone said amen to that. If I could preach one sermon, I would preach it on God is our greatest treasure. It's God who is our reward. Heaven is just a place where he lives. Heaven is not going to be a place where we selfishly get to do everything that we've wanted to do on earth but couldn't. We're limited. It's going to be focused on, it's going to be focused on being before God and serving God and understanding that he is our greatest treasure. And that's the perspective that we need to have if we're going to escape anxiety and the worries of this world in our life. So to deal with anxiety, we must not have a worldly perspective, but a heavenly one. And so to kind of finish up, I had ways to deal with anxiety. And I'm, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not a uh, certified counselor. I'm not a doctor by any means. But I, I know some things that have helped me with anxiety because I have experienced anxiety in my life. And sometimes, I want to reiterate this, sometimes anxiety can have a physical source. It can have a physical source. About, well, it's been about six years ago. This is about the time I came to uh, Freedom Baptist Church and started preaching. But I also developed a condition called tinnitus, or tinnitus, however you say it. But most of you have heard of it. Most of you may have it. Some of you may have it, but it's a ringing in, the, in your ears. Jake, you may have it if you did not wear hearing protection when you worked for Schwartz. I don't know, but I hope you don't ever get it. But if you get it, it uh, when you first get it, you think, what, what is this buzzing in my ear? Uh, what is this ringing in my ear? And one time it went away. And then uh, the next time I was uh, blowing leaves and I had a backpack blower on, uh, just really getting after it. And after that, I noticed a buzzing in my ear and it did not go away. And it has not gone away for the last six years. Well, when you first understand, hey, and you go to the doctor or you look on Google about tinnitus and it says this is a permanent condition, you will have some anxiety. And so you may, you know, I just say that to say if you're experiencing anxiety, always go to the doctor first and 
and have them check you out. Uh, it may be something like that. It may be something else. Uh, but then there are also spiritual and emotional issues that can cause anxiety. And so how do we deal with those things? Uh, I wrote down just a couple things here. Understand that our future is secure in Christ. Amen. That's our great hope. We've been talking about hope in our Sunday school class, various aspects of hope. But our great hope is that this life is going to end one day and we are going to be with Jesus and our bodies are going to be healed. There will be no more anxiety, no more worry. And that is our great hope. It is secure in Christ. It's not something that can be taken away. It is a sure thing that we are going to eventually experience this. In the meantime, I have found out God's grace is sufficient. <laughs> Amen? God's grace is sufficient for any circumstance. Uh, we got into a little bit last night in Sunday school talking about persecution and what it would be like uh, to be someone who is under persecution and whether or not we would be able to endure that persecution. And the answer to that is yes. God's grace is sufficient, just like it was sufficient for Paul, who had a thorn in the flesh, he asked God, take this thorn in the flesh away from me. And God said, no, I'm not going to take that away from you. My grace is sufficient for you. And God's grace will be sufficient for us in our anxiety if we turn toward him and leave everything in his capable hands. He will take that from us and his grace will be sufficient. I put down here prayer as well because we read Philippians 4, 6, and 7 as well. It says, have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with, th with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to God and the peace of God, uh, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is a admission to God it's a confession to God that he is sovereign and we're not. When will we finally become a prayer of people, a people of prayer? When will we finally become a people of prayer to where we go to God instead of trying to deal with things ourselves? This is the great hope for those who experience anxiety is that we can go to the Lord in prayer. It's, it's a sign saying that we are choosing to believe God rather than choosing and doing things in our own strength. God is desperately seeking that we have our whole heart. He has given us a new heart. That's a promise of the new covenant. And in this life, he is gathering more and more that heart until we completely give our heart over to him. I hope that is a part of your prayer every day that, Lord, today I want to give you my whole heart. Lord, today I discovered I have not been giving you my whole heart in this area. Will you please take this piece of my heart and, and make it a whole part of my experience with you? And so the secret, I believe, is to go to the Lord in prayer. And then finally, not only prayer, but in our prayer, Anxiety fades away as we trust God and focus on his kingdom and his righteousness first, but we also um, 
meditate on things that are good for us, right? <laughs> Verse number eight of Philippians. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And essentially, he is saying, replace these negative thoughts with positive thoughts. But it, it's more than just positive thinking. Coupled with prayer, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit working within you, bringing you the peace of God. And this anxiety will fade away as we trust God and replace the negative thoughts with positive thoughts. We had an opportunity a little bit earlier to list some of the good things that have happened this last week. I didn't, know, I didn't really realize how well it was going to fit in with the sermon, but it fits in pretty well if we think about the things that we should be thankful for, uh, way God has provided for us, he's going to provide the same way in the future. And so, yes, we should meditate on whatever is true, not what is false. So many times we get wrapped up. I, I've done this before. I turn on the news, and, you know, if you watch it for two or three hours, you're a little bit anxious, right? You're a little bit anxious because the news business thrives on us being anxious and wanting to know more and more about a situation. And so we need to focus, I'm not saying all news channels are false, I'm just saying they emphasize the wrong things. They emphasize the bad, that's how they get their viewership. If there was a news station about good news, they would probably go out of business. Because our old nature doesn't want to hear the good news, we want to hear the bad news. We want, we want, we want to hear that, it's more enticing to us. And so we need to think about what is true, well what is true? Jesus Christ is true. That's his name, right? The gospel is true. The word of God is true. Meditate on those things. Meditate on those promises in God's word. I could go on and on, and I will go on and on down some of this list, but we're to, we're to focus upon what is true, what is honorable, what is worthy of glory as opposed to what is worthy of condemnation. So many times we focus on what is to be condemned. We need to focus on what is just and what is pure. What is morally pure, not what is evil in our world. It's <laughs> Satan is so deceptive. <laughs> he really is. You ever I'm sure you could go to any webpage that's a that that is a news station, but it always starts out with the headline news. And if you go down far enough, eventually there's going to be something that will lead you to something that is not morally pure. You ever notice that? There's some little blurb down, in, down at the bottom, some picture. Uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go into what they say sometimes because it's leading. It's, it's misleading. They're hoping that you'll click on that and click on something else and go further and further and further. We need to focus on what is pure. What is, what is pure but the Word of God? Where we can go and don't, don't mistake me, there are stories in the Bible that will make your face turn red, but it's all for our good to learn those things. So focus on what is pure, whatever is commendable, 
if there's anything of excellence, that's why I love when we have graduates from the eighth grade and Holly's graduated from college. We'll commend her as well when she is here. Uh, if, if someone really gets good grades, we should commend them, not as a means of puffing them up with pride, but uh, commend what is good. Whatever is worthy of praise, think about these things. And so anxiety, I know these are difficult times and it's, it's easy to be anxious, but being anxious is just going to divert your time from something uh, that you should be doing that is worthy and commendable and good. And so take those anxieties to God. Ask them, Him about them. And one thing I left out is we have each other. <laughs> we have each other to go to when we have anxieties or worries. I did this just this last week. Uh, I had an issue, and uh, we have a zone contact with the IBSA. And I, and I called Bob Eval up, and I said, Bob, I'm just struggling with this. And he didn't have to say a whole lot. It was just getting it out. And my anxiety went away. My headache went away, too, by the way. I had a headache. So take it to God. Take it to someone else who has given you godly counsel. And I know that we can defeat anxiety and experience the peace of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for... Um, just the peace that we have knowing that our eternal destiny is secure because of our faith and trust in Christ and also the peace of God that we have knowing that in this life no matter what we go through your grace is sufficient to see us through that and also that we have the confidence that we are not alone in this walk but we have others who come alongside us to encourage us uh, to remain true to the path that we are on. And so we have so much to be thankful for. And I pray that anxiety would not rule, but that you would rule over us and that we would experience your peace as we trust in you. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.